can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July, and you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution, but from annihilation. We're fucking aliens! We're fighting for our right to live. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. Yeah, NBA Australia, how are you going? How are you going? Are you alright? How's your Independence Day going? Monday, July 4, that's right. Oh boy, party time in the States. I did enjoy living in the States every year. Independence Day would be on the telly, and it was the greatest thing ever. You're just like, fuck yeah, America! Time and time again. Anyway, today's show, we've got a couple of massive trades to talk about. KD still wants out. Free agency's going off with chops. And do some free agency winners and losers real quick. I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes. For whomstever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff here in a beautifully adorned Larry Armour studio. Sun shining. I've got the mother-in-law looking after the squid. We'll get to that in a second. Oh, geez. And uh, we're going to uh, take you through all the free agency stuff in a really fun, quick show today. So let's get into it. Do some Yanaz in there as well. We'll finish off with a really, really quick deli review. And that'll be it. All right. In and out. Let's howl. <laughs> the name of your sex state. What's up? Let's get into it. Episode 843 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Uh, you better. Or the Aussie attack if you're uh, NBA Summer League. Or the Jack White Jack White attack if you're China. How good was that, China? China. Uh, last night in the final FIBA World Cup qualifier of uh, the first first leg of our World Cup qualifying. It was good to see, uh, what do we rip off? A 26-3 run to finish off that game against China? That was awesome. Uh, just a shame I couldn't get there. So, uh, speaking of which, you got to watch out for the attack of the still sick squid. That's where we're at at the moment. Day five of having a very ill squid. So, curtailed all the weekend plans. Uh, still got to go to the Australia-Japan game on Friday. Had a great fucking time. <laughs> Drank a million beers. Uh, but, yeah, now old mate, she's uh, also sort of waylaid. And uh, the squid, look, he's getting slowly, slowly, slowly better. But, Jesus. Tell you what, talk about putting a spanner in the work. So I'm going to try to do a uh, rip off a quick show today and just do all the free agency stuff, but it's been a uh, bit of a rough one when suddenly, you know, he's coughing all night, the sleep is all just fucked up, uh, the poor guy's just completely cooked, completely wiped, and he's three. You're sort of sitting there going, Jesus. The doctors are like, yep, it's just a viral thing, but it's just going to fucking knock him sideways and... Yeah, it's a bit of a rough one, isn't it? So I know that all the other uh, parents out there can 100% sympathise because it uh, gets all of us, doesn't it, sometimes? So 
Look, fingers crossed it gets better pretty soon, but either way, we're making do. All right, I wanted to do this show today just because we could, because there's a lot of stuff to get through, and I want to just get it done, because why the bloody hell not? Because it is the daily whip around. That's how we start every show here in NBA Australia. And uh, look, some big things. Let's do the uh, Summer League first off. A bunch of Aussies and Aussie adjacents. (laughs) Over in Summer League, how good is that? Luke Travers, obviously the flying doormat. Drafted by the Cavs. He's now over there with the Cavs Summer League team. Love that. Jack White, a seven-nation army. Could not stop him from repping Denver in the Summer League. He was awesome against China yesterday. I think I tweeted out uh, he's played. He's just gone and played himself off Melbourne United. And also really good uh, and smart move, I think, by him. A, to have that international track record right before you go into Summer League. But also, bloody good warm-up. He was unreal. That fourth quarter from him was shook. Uh, we've got DJ Vasilevich. Vasilevich, Jesus Christ, Jimmy. Use your NBL words. Uh, JLA and Duop Reith, the Grim Reith, are out there playing for Phoenix. Love that. We've got McCur McCur over in Chicago. Uh, we've got, what, the adjacents, Hugo Besson on Milwaukee, Usman Deng on OKC. Justinian Jessup on the uh, Warriors. You've got Tajir McCall on the Wizards. Akol Gak, he's also in Chicago as well. And Vic Law out there for Utah. So Summer League is just bumping with all these Aussies at the moment. And I kind of love it. Uh, right, other news. The big trade. That's right, Jock Landale. <laughs> That's right, the big trade from the weekend. Rock'em, sock'em, block'em, Jock'em Landale. Big cock Jock. Three NBA cities in three days. Goes from the Spurs to Atlanta. Atlanta then send him to Phoenix for some dollary dues. And I tweeted this out at the time. I don't hate it for Jock. At the same time, I didn't hate the landing spot of Atlanta as well because they're two teams that are their center position and their big man rotations could be very, very different. Like within 48 minutes, 48 hours or 48 days of when Jock lands there, right? So Atlanta, you don't know what they're going to do with Clint Capella or big, uh, that's a Tyler Cocktail, John Collins. And Phoenix, holy shit, like DeAndre Ayton might be out the door. Uh, There's just always going to be question marks about what happens with the KD trade, uh, a specific KD trade, obviously, if it involves Ayton and some of the other sons. So look, Jock landing in Phoenix, kind of love it, as long as they keep him, as long as they play him. Let's go. Uh, some other news before we get into the actual big trades of the weekend. Kyrie uh, enjoyed some great Chris Haynes water carrying. Oh, isn't journalism great at the moment? So, like, oh, I'm friends with this player. I'll just write nice things about him, eh? Chris Haynes is usually pretty bloody good. I enjoyed his reporting. I'm using inverted commas. Uh, discussing a Westbrook-Kyrie swap. Are the Lakers and Nets? And then the best bit. The Lakers don't really want Joe Harris. They'd rather have Seth Curry. Mate, if you're taking Rusty Westbrook, I don't think you're actually the one sort of going, oh, well, geez, we better give you guys something else that's good. (laughs) The Harris part at least makes a little bit of sense he's been injured and he's got a bigger contract. Uh, But either way, best of luck there, Lakers and Nets. If that happens, it'd be fucking hilarious. Right, the actual big stuff from the weekend. Shall we start with this stuff? <laughs> My name is Rudy Gobert. I once played for the Utah Yes, I believe it is a soft dream. I have sex with your wife. That is my friend, Tony Parker. 
And now I play for the Minnesota, how you said, Timberwolves. So, that's right, Rudy Gobert, traded to Minnesota. Trader Danny Ainge gets rolling. Jimmy, what did uh, what did Utah get in exchange? Well, <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, if you wanted to print this out on a piece of paper to take up the A4 sheet, wouldn't it? Utah, in exchange for sending off Rudy Gobert and his giant bloody contract... Utah receive Minnesota's first-round picks unprotected in 2023, 2025, and 2027. They also receive Minnesota's 2029 first-rounder, which is top five protected. Oh, smart there. They've also got the right to swap first-rounders in 2026. And Utah get two of their last uh, first-rounders in Leandro Bolmero, as the uh, Wolves' first-round pick in 2021, uh, 2020. And this year's first rounder in Walker Kessler, the big man. And, Jimmy, are you not done? No, I'm not. It was a big trade. Three players from the Wolves. Two starters, Pat Bev, the junkyard dog, and Jared Vanderbilt, as well as Malik Beasley. Jeez. That is a rather large trade. So, with that in mind... How about we just right off the bat, instead of uh, throwing these ones in the uh, yeah, nah section, let's just do five specific Rudy Gobert yeah, nahs. Number one, was this an overpay? Yeah, nah. Oh, duh! yes, of course it was. Let's go through it one more time. Utah gets unprotected firsts in 2023, 2025, and 2027, as well as a 2029 first rounder that's only top five protected. They also get a pick swap in 2026. So essentially that's four firsts and a pick swap and the last two firsts, basically from Mini and Leandro Balmero and Walker Kessler and three decent actual players, even though these are never going to be headliners for an actual trade. But they are useful pieces that you can then flip on if you're Utah, if you don't want to keep them or... Just keep around and sort of build around Donnie Mitchell if you want to do that. So Pat Bev, Jared Vanderbilt, who was sneaky really good last year, and uh, Malik Beasley, who has the tendency to either be like an absolute runaway spud of the night here on NBA Australia or a bloke who just hit eight threes. (laughs) There's not much in between. It's what he does. So the crazy thing to me is, of course, this is an overpay because if you had stopped... After I said, Minnesota's unprotected first round picks in 2023 and 2025, I'd be like, well, that seems fair for Rudy Gobert. It's a lot of money. We'll maybe throw in a couple of those dudes uh, to make the money work, obviously. So Pat Bev, Jared Vanderbilt, Malik Beasley, two firsts. Whoa, that's a pretty big deal. But then it keeps on going for basically an entire other trade. (laughs) 2027, 2029 top five protected. And basically, a, oh, obviously, a 2022 first-rounder in this year's guy, Walker Kessler and Balmero, as well as Bev Vanderbilt, and uh, who is fucking good, don't get me wrong. And another handy trade piece in Malik Beasley. It's basically if you'd, like, gone out and traded, like, twice, rolled in into one, and that's the single go-bear trade. That is chaos to me. So, yeah, it's an over... Like, it doesn't matter how good you are. Like, it doesn't matter that it's, you know, inverted comments again, Rudy Gobert, this stuff will tell her. Like, 
Yes, it's a defensive player of the year. Yeah, he's pretty big. He's a seven foot one, the French rejection, the Stafford Tower. I mean, three time defensive player of the year. He is 30. He's only just turned 30. Happy birthday for the other day, Rudy Gobert. But at the same time, he has a uh, pretty, pretty hefty $205 million uh, contract that he's working under right now that has, what, uh, $150 million bucks left on it. <laughs> so 160 basically, actually. Yeah, $160 million left on that contract. So it's an overpay. Second year now. Does that matter? Yeah, nah. Yeah. It does matter that it's an overpay if it is someone who's Rudy Gobert. Like, it doesn't matter if it's an overpay if you're getting, like, 2011 LeBron James, 2007 Dirk, you know, 2002 Shaq. (laughs) This is an overpay. It matters a little bit. It matters in the esoteric sense of like first round picks were so valued. Or I want to say like three, four years ago when no one would even put them in a trade. Now it's like we're just fucking throwing them out like confetti in trades. Like how many do I? Just like we're, we're like James Harden at the Rippers. It's like making it fucking rain first at the moment. And my point's always going to be my guiding light is at the moment, as we've seen with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, You've seen LeBron fucking tiptoe around this idea. It's like, actually, the Lakers isn't that much fun as I thought. Maybe I will fuck off after my contract's done. I feel like my guiding light, if I'm running an NBA franchise, and, you know, who knows? I basically am. (laughs) I'm not trading a pick that's more than three years away, right? I think my thing is, like, in 2025, like, that's where I've stopped if I'm Minnesota. And my thinking is also, like, with this sort of shit is, like, where, during your negotiations, where, if you stopped, would the other team still say, oh, yeah, okay, let's let's call it into the office. <laughs> it feels like Minnesota just went, all right, we'll give you three firsts and another pick swap and a bunch of players. And Danny Ainge's gone, make it four, and he's yours. <laughs> and he's like, all right. You got us again, traitor Danny. Like, seriously, you don't think Danny Ainge would have gone, ah, look, 2023, 25, and 27 firsts, and a pick swap in 26, that'll do. Now, I need you 29 top five protected first rounder as well, just to fuck them. Like, that's that one point when it comes to negotiations where you're like, to be fair, they probably still would have done the deal <laughs> with three firsts, as well as Walker Kessler, as well as a pick swap. But you had to throw in the fourth one just to grease the skids. Get the fuck out of here. It's chaos. So does it matter in the entire esoteric sense, though, of it doesn't matter because you've got Rudy Gobert to pair with Carl Anthony Towns, Ant-Man, Anthony Edwards, presumably D'Angelo, D'Angelo, D'Angelo Russell will be good. It's not going to matter if, like, suddenly we're giving Utah a bunch of picks in the late 20s. Can you say that with any fucking straight face at this point in the NBA, right? Like, oh, but Jimmy, Ant-Man's only 20, bro. He's only played for a couple of years. He's under contract there for probably six to seven more, including his rookie max extension. We've already got Carl Anthony Towns. What? 
We've already essentially, even if Cat wants out, we've still got Ant Man. We've still got go get go bet. Yep, cool. You're right. Injuries never happen. Uh, unforeseen circumstances never happen, and you've traded away like most of you, literally almost all of your picks until the end of this current decade. Just think about it. It's 2029, you'll be handing over like the number six pick. <laughs> That's fucking chaos to me. It does matter in that sense that, yeah, you're going to have to give up something to get something like Rudy Gobert. It matters that you probably throw in too, too many picks because it's time is what you can do to build around that core anyway down the road because you're suddenly out a bunch of picks and you can't trade those into uh, twining other ones. But still my point is all, all the time is like, if you stopped, where, if you were rattling off the deal, if you stopped, would the other team still say, yep, that's fine, let's call it in? And I think halfway through that deal, Utah are still fine. So Minnesota, I don't know. But is this new owner, new GM vibes? Yeah, nah, yeah. Tim Connolly leaves Denver, goes to Minnesota. He's got new owners that he's working for as well, Mark Laurie and A-Rod, as they're sort of slowly taking over. Uh, A-Rod and Mark Laurie want to go bang. Tim Connolly's like, yeah, fuck yeah, let's go bang. I've got a big deal for you. I'm still just concerned that Tim, Tim Connolly's like, nah, we better give him like six firsts. <laughs> Doesn't that just, I'd be a little bit worried, but this is always like new GM, new owner vibes. They come in, they have to remake a team. They're going to make a splash. Shouldn't Tim Connolly, who's been around long enough, he should be smart enough to go, look, we can make a splash. If you, you really want another big guy to pair next to Carl Anthony Towns, that's fine. Maybe let's just like hang out for a second because I don't know if someone's going to top this fucking deal. <laughs> like our leverage might get a little bit better once Trader Danny starts calling around a little bit more and goes, oh, well, to be honest, four first rounders is enough. <laughs> so the new owner syndrome is real. But Tim Connolly should also be like experienced enough to go, let's just pump the brakes here, little fellas. Like we'd have to make this trade right fucking now, but here we are. Uh, next up, ultimately, this is number four. Does this work out on the court? Yeah, nah. I kind of think it can because I feel like the underestimated aspect of this deal is Ant-Man. Anthony Edwards. Dude is 20. He showed some insane flashes last year. Uh, and if you listen to the show during this year, you know that I'm a... Uh, card-carrying member of the Ant-Man fan club, except when he's basically playing, you know, with D'Angelo Russell and Malik Beasley. It seemed like he would have uh, these dips in production. But, look, he also played through injury at times this year. Uh, But the kind of thing that I look at this from is, like, we're not building around Carl Anthony Towns, ostensibly. We're building around Anthony Edwards. And now he's got two giant fucking big men. And... I always hate when people are like, oh, we've got dudes on different timelines. It's just gonna be, it's just not gonna work. Oh yeah. Really? Really? So a dude who's twenty seven, Carl Anthony Towns, well, he's only twenty six, he's gonna turn twenty seven in November. He can't play with Anthony Edwards and Rudy Gobert. How about you just put good players around good players? Like, seriously, if someone is that fucking good, that young, like Anthony Edwards, I just want to put really fucking good dudes around him to help uh, foster 
that goodness to help foster uh, the defensive sort of nous behind him as well. So he's not just playing in 131, 128 fucking, you know, crazy wins or losses nonstop. And like Gobert literally just turned 30, literally just turned 30 like last week. And so he's contracted into what, 2026, $46 million player option, the 25-26 season. Cat, he just signed his extension. Like this is locked in until Cat goes, all right, I'm fucking sick of Ant-Man. I'm sick of Rudy. I uh, want to be traded, but that's you get that on the big jobs. And I kind of think this is more building around Ant-Man and maybe they've gone right. Well, they've looked at the numbers and the numbers were absolutely chaos, right? The... The sort of numbers of uh, the defense that you saw specifically of the Wolves was just one of those things where they were so bizarre. What was it? 22nd in opponent field goal percentage at the rim, 25th in second chance points conceded per game, 28th in defensive rebounding rate, and 29th in giving up corner three-pointers. This... Is how you get around that. You have Rudy Gobert manning the middle. That helps your rim protection. It's helping rebounding. And guess what? If you've got somebody that big back there already, it means your perimeter dudes can stick on their guys. So you suddenly don't have open three corner, uh, three point corner shots, left, right, and center. That's how Utah's defense worked. That's why it was so effective. And Utah doesn't have like perimeter players anywhere near the degree I think of Minnesota already. So. It's a little bit different now that they don't have Pat Bev, but Anthony Edwards took big strides defensively last year. D'Lo's always going to be a bit of a fucking matador, but you can piece together some fun shit around them. You've got slow-mo Carl Anderson. You've got Torin the Red Bull Prince. you got some dudes. And this sort of solidifies that defensive side. You let Cat and Ant-Man go to work on offense, and I'm kind of okay for, with it, right? So that kind of leads us to... I mean, as a player, like, you think about the fit of Gobert next to Cat. You free up Cat to roam a bit more just to play as a power forward. This has always been the Anthony uh, Anthony Davis vibe, right? I'm a power forward. I need a center. Just shut up and play center, Anthony. He's like, I don't want it. Now, Cat gets to actually play power forward next to a dominant defensive center. I kind of think, fuck it. Roll the dice. See how it works. If not, you can trade one of them. <laughs> The problem is always going to be how folks uh, treat Rudy on offense in uh, the playoffs. But, I mean, it feels like with a team like this that you've got Cat, Ant-Man, D'Lo, you've already got more offensive weapons uh, than Utah sort of did with Donnie Mitchell, Bojan. They sort of at least have a little bit more two-way potential as well. So I kind of love it. So speaking of which, after giving up all these assets, does this even make Minnesota a contender? Yeah, nah. Nah. <laughs> I mean, for all that, it's just, at least in the short term, I think you give this one, two years of Anthony Edwards developing, you maybe jettison D'Lo for a little bit more depth. Maybe Kyrie. That'd be hilarious. I just feel a little lacking. You got Carl Anthony Towns, a self-described best shooting big man of all time, just slap in the face to Dirk Nowitzki. Uh, but... I still kind of feel a little bit cold about the pairing. I want to see it work before you can go, oh, they're definitely a contender. But that's kind of the craziest part, right? Giving up all those assets to not like instantly become like a legit threat in the West. Like I still feel like they're in that Phoenix, Golden State, 
they might have just jumped up into the Denver-Dallas kind of territory, right? Which, to be fair, is pretty good. That gives you a shot. And if it all comes together, fuck, maybe they could be a contender. But at the moment, I'm still a little bit dubious. And uh, an extra bonus one. Does Donnie Mitchell now become the next Utah Yaz cab off the rank in data, Trader Danny's eyes? Yeah, nah. I mean, no one can ever figure out what's going on with Danny Ainge. But also, nah, probably not right now. Like, Woj actually came out and said they've shut down any team. He's called about trying to t- trade for Donnie Mitchell. The Jazz are committed to moving forward with him as their cornerstone player. Uh, before I knew that, my initial thought was like, nah, like not right now because I don't know what trade is out there for Donnie Mitchell after this draft, right? After all the free ends have already signed or re-signed or re-upped, now with with Donnie Mitchell as well, with uh, he's one of the extra guys on the rookie max extension. So we have that rule that we've all been reminded of ad nauseum the last few days about how you can't trade, you can't have two of those dudes that you've traded for on your team because... Yeah, that worked out at keeping guys uh, <laughs> staying where they were. Uh, but I also think that the trade out there for Donnie Mitchell isn't right there right now. So I think Danny Angel see what they can build around him, build up his value by putting some interesting pieces around him and go from there. It's interesting. I'll talk about that again later. But anyway, uh, right, next trade. Malcolm Brogdon to the Celtics. Oh, it's a heist, they say, a heist. Love a good heist. Tower heist. Uh, it's only a heist if Brogdon's ever fucking healthy again. That dude barely plays. I'm just saying. Seriously. Go back and look at Brogdon. He played 36 games last year, 56 the year before, 54, 64, 48. Oh, but Jimmy, he was the rookie the year. He won his 24, and he played 75 games in the worst rookie of the year class you could ever imagine back in 2016-17. Uh, so he's 29, but he's very handy. So I love this. Danny Tice, Aaron Naismith. Stauskas, Fitz, and uh, Juwan Morgan just to make up the money in a 2023 first rounder from Boston going to the Pacers. So Malcolm Brogdon feels a need. Kind of love it. We'll keep uh, rolling on before we do another year now here. Gallinari. Gallinari going to the Celtics after clearing waivers. Great pickup. Love it. So Gallo was part of the uh, the Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Landale trade that also included DeJunte Murray. <laughs> and... Uh, Gallo, off to the Celtics. Love that. He was always a Celtics fan. So that leads us to the year now. Does Brogdon and Danilo Gallinari do those pickups make the Celtics the East favorites? Yeah, nah. Favorites is tough. They just won the East, but you still feel like if Chris Middleton had been healthy... I still want to land on the Bucks coming out of the East this year anyway. So I'm going to go, nah... The Celtics aren't the East favorites in the offseason. I'd still look at the Bucks if they're fully healthy as like a uh, wildly terrifying team that nearly beat the Celtics without Chris Middleton. So I kind of, I don't know, but one more year of like actual, you know, development from those Celtics, a year playing underneath Emo Yudoki. You understand the defensive system a little bit more. You have... Tatum and Brown, like one year older, one year wiser. You add Brogdon, an actual sort of point guard, El Presidente himself, an actual legit ball handler, if he's healthy, and a shooter off the bench like Gallo. I really like it. It does solidify them right at the top of the East, though, with the Bucks. I reckon. Just saying. And then there was a Kevin Huerta trade. That's right, Kevin Huerta. He goes to Sacramento for Justin Holiday, Mo Harkless, and a future first rounder. Uh, 
It's a 2024 lottery protected first rounder to the Hawks for Huerta. Kind of love that. It's a top 12 protected in 25, top 10 protected in 26 as well. So, you know, it could be a late first essentially. The Kings are also like, yeah, look, we are the Kings. It might go a bit pear-shaped. Jimmy, do you kind of sneaky you love this? Yeah, nah, yeah. I love the Ginger Ninja. He's great. Is it because you're a Ginger, Jimmy? Yeah, nah, yeah. But at the same time, he's doing it for us. Same time, he's a good player. Kind of love it. Right, so with all this in mind, let's fly through some of these free agents and then we'll do winners and losers. So of the weekend, Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine, five-year, $215 million max contract back to the Bulls. Love that. Uh, Yusuf Nurkic, hello, Bulls mean better. Four years, $70 million bucks to go back to the Blazers. The other Mitch Robinson, four years, $60 million to re-sign with the New York City Knickerbockers of New York City. I reckon uh, the actual Mitch Robinson would be uh, pretty happy with that coin. Just saying, John Wall. We actually have uh, terms on his deal with the Clippers. So after being bought out by the Houston Rockets, two years, $13.2 million contract, a.k.a. the... Uh, Taxpayer mid-level. Uh, Goran Dragic is off to the Chicago Bulls. One year, 2.9 mil. Apparently, Vooch won the tug of war with uh, to get Dragic to play for them as opposed to Luka down there in Dallas. It's a bit chaos, isn't it? The Dragon choosing Vooch and Chicago, who already have a bevy of guards, versus Dallas, who just lost Jalen Brunson. What are you doing, Goran? Anyway, he's the flog anyway. Bruce Brown is off to Denver. Kind of like that sneaky good, uh, really sort of great bolstering bench move by the Nuggets. Otto, I like to get blood to Porter Jr. to Toronto. Two year, twelve point four mil. That's the taxpayer mid level again. Kind of like that too. Kevin Looney is back to Golden State. Three years, twenty five and a half million. That's the uh, what's that? The taxpayer mid level again, isn't it? Yep. Uh, Damian Lee is off to the Suns on a one-year deal. Cody Martin, four years, $32 million bucks to go back to the Hornets. That's a pretty handy sort of low-down part of the mid-level for a non-taxpayer in Charlotte. Good job, Cody Martin. Jalen Smith is back to the Pacers on a two-year deal. Dante DiVincenzo, two-year, $9.5 million deal with the Golden State Warriors. Dante. The Warriors get a good shooter. Pretty handy. Uh, Rahul Neto signing with the Cleveland. Cleveland! Cavaliers. Derek Jones Jr. back to the Bulls. Two years, 6.6 million. Robin Lopez, one year deal with the Cleveland. Cleveland! Cavaliers. Love that backup. Big pickup. Robin Lopez, wildly underrated. Just so. And then the big other one on the weekend, literally and figuratively, Zion Williamson signs his max contract extension worth up to 231 million. And so did Darius Rucker, Judy Garland. Same vibes, up to 231 million. So. Uh, those are the ones where it's like 179. It can bump up to 231 if they win MVP, make all NBA teams, all defense teams, etc. So kind of neat. With all that in mind, let's do some winners and losers before we do some quickie nows and then get the fuck out of here and come up with some KD trades for you. What do you reckon? Sound good? Good. Winners and losers. Let's do this right after this one. This is David Anderson. You're listening to NBA Australia. I won! I won! Ah! <laughs> <clears throat> Recapping our day's top story, the winner... Today's ladder is me, Ken Brockman. That's right. Free agency winners and losers. Let's do it. The Bucks. As we posted, they got Joe Ingles. Milwaukee Bucks 2023 NBA champions confirmed. You've won the offseason when you get jingles. Done. 
We saw him at the basketball on Friday, checking out his boomer mates, hanging out, talking shit. Good on him. Loved it. On your jingles. Uh, but the Bucks, look, they didn't have to do too much. And they sort of just went out, used the mid-level, and went, we'll get a big, tall shooter who can also handle the rock, knows what the fuck to do, and we'll just fill in some gaps. It's a perfect move. Good job, Milwaukee. The Celtics. As I just mentioned, they got Brogdon and Gallo for Naismith in a 23 first. I love it. That's a great, great move. That cost you fuck all. So, yeah, that's a winner move. Kind of love it. Good job, Celtics. I don't like to say it that loudly, but good on them. Uh, the Sixers, they get PJ Tucker. Didn't really like that overpay. They get Daniel House. But on balance, just looking at that Sixers roster all of a sudden by getting PJ Tucker and Daniel House Jr., they just have a couple more multi-positional, flexible dudes that they can throw out there that at least defensively and at least like at least Daniel House, he can just go, right, he might give us more than fucking Furkan Gorkmas. Who, who knows? But I just kind of like what they did just around the edges. Some classic Daryl Morey shit. But the PJ Tucker thing still feels like a lot of money. I still want to know what the guarantees are on that contract. The Kings! What? Jimmy, the Kings are on the winners. Yeah, they got Malik Monk and Kevin Huerta. A, they pair up Fox and Monk, a couple of uh, college teammates, but they've just put speed and shooting around Fox and Suva, B. I mean, I love that. Give me Darren Fox. Give me the Suvlaki King, Demata Sabonis. You put Buddy... Oh, uh, no, Buddy's over on there in Indy, but you put around, like, the rest of that Indy... Uh, the, sorry, I'm just getting all... Uh, Mixed up, trying to fucking speed through this. Slow down, Jimmy. Take a deep breath, mate. Take a deep breath. So the Sacramento roster with Fox, Huerta, Harrison Barnes. They've got Davion Mitchell. You've got your man Keegan Murray who's out there lighting it up in Summer League. I just kind of liked getting Monk and Huerta for not a giant amount of sacrifice, right? They have a weird, fun sort of team now. Darren Fox, Huerta, Harrison Barnes, Keegan Murray. The Suvlaki King, Davion Mitchell, Malik Monk. Like, it's kind of not bad. And and Kings fans are losing it. 40 wins, baby, here we go. It's like, yeah, I kind of like it a lot. Yeah, you never know with the Kings, but it might be uh, fascinating to know what their over-under is going to be. The Pelicans, their winners are uh, signing Zion to a long-term max. That's huge because, like, literally and again, figuratively. Uh, because, what? During this season, if you'd given me odds, like, Jimmy, what do you reckon, like, the odds are on uh, Zion actually signing the rookie max extension with the Pelicans, you'd be like, shit. I know they're still pretty high because it's a lot of money and he can't get the money anywhere else. But, damn, all that talk, after all that talk, I mean, you've got him until he pulls an Anthony Davis for at least five more years. So it's pretty good. It's also a bit of a nice bit of proof that if you go, fuck it, let's just be good. And like pull some win nowish kind of moves around a young star, and you get good dudes around him, like CJ McCollum, stuff like that. Like maybe this the young star might go fuck it. This is cool. We might have a bit of a uh, future here. Let's stay. I love it. But at the same time, like I've got a feeling like Zion could look around the league and go, oh god, what is a better situation right now than like Dyson Daniels, <laughs> CJ McCollum, Spindles Ingram and Co. And you're like, yeah. They're a good team. Portland, I kind of like their weird half rebuild, reboot, whatever. They get Gary Payton the second. They bring back Nurk. They give Anthony Penny Simons 100 mil. They get Jeremy, Jeremiah Grant, but they feel just that little bit more solid than they did 
You know, if Shade and Sharp works, I kind of like it. And if you just wanted to keep Dame, that's cool. Good job, Portland. The Clippers, they get John Wall for fuck all. But now, look, they've still got two, probably two too many players. But on balance, I think just getting John Wall, who hasn't played for like a year and a half, just gives you at least like another sort of, you know, arrow in your quiver. You might have to uh, jettison some players. But at the same time, you don't, like this sheer depth of that Clippers team is now absolutely chaos, right? Like, because if you go through it and you think, well, Paul George, kawaii. <laughs> John Wall, we know that they've, you know, struggled with injuries, but you've got Reggie Jackson, you've got Norm Powell, you've got Mook Morris, you've re-signed Batum, you've re-signed Zoobs, you've got Covington, you've got Kennard, you've got T-Man, you brought back Amir Coffee. Like, you've just got some players there. And you can mix and match Ty Luke and just sit dudes whenever he feels like they need a rest. I kind of don't mind it. Now you got John Wall, an actual point guard. Nice. Portland Clippers, it's kind of weird. New Orleans, and then, I don't know, you sort of look at these teams and go, all right, are they going to be challenging for the title? Maybe the Clippers are. Like, that's kind of the one thing in the back of your head. You're like, oh, if Kawhi's healthy and Paul George is healthy, that's fucking terrifying. So just building out that roster is kind of fun. Uh, other free agency winners, every team that threw the bag at their superstar with the max extensions, except Washington and Minnesota. <laughs> so the Nuggets with Joker, the Grizzlies with Jar, Cleveland, Cleveland! with uh, Garland, Booker, and Phoenix. I don't mind all of those. The only one I don't really like is Brad Beal, and the other one was Cal Anthony Towns with an extra extension. Then the Gobert trade. Like, it's... The cat one doesn't bother me so much now that you got Gobert and you're kind of going, right, this is us for a little bit. We just got to hope that that works out. But everybody else, it feels pretty solid, right? Joker, Jar, Garland, uh, Booker. Garland might be the bit of the question mark because he does get injured. But look, he was so good last year. He should have won most improved. Uh, but here we are. Marvin Bagley is a free agency winner because that dude got paid when no one else was going to pay him. So he just took Detroit for a ride. And the Knicks, the last winner for me, they got their guy in Jalen Brunson. So no matter what you think about it, they got a point guard who's 25, making 25 mil a year, give or take. Probably an absolute perfectly mid-tier point guard in the NBA. Not a superstar, not a scrub, but young, good talented, and ideally can knit that team together. Then they keep Mitch Robinson at 15 mil a year for four years. If he can stay healthy on the floor, like it's not a bad spine to build your team around. Bit Young big man, young point guard. You can build out the bones of another team around that. If Julius Randle's there, Fournier, who knows? But I don't know. Nick fans will take that, won't they? You'll take a bit of an off-season win. You got Jalen Brunson. It's not the giant superstar name that you need to get. But in the long run, he might help you get that big superstar name. Zion. Zion. Just saying. What about losers, though? Oh, geez. We're not losers. No, you two are winners. Big winners. When I grow up, I want to marry a big winner like you guys. Shut up. Losers. Loser. Losers. Losers. That's right. The uh, free agency loser so far. Look. Atlanta and Mini, the two teams that pull off massive trades. We get DeJunte Murray going to Atlanta, Minnesota go for Gobert. Start with Atlanta. Look, I love DeJunte. I also don't know about the price one realistically. How much do you think it shifts 
the title contending needle for Atlanta. You know, it's a big price to pay to get that bunch better, which it seems like they'll be better. But just how much and for what cost? I mean, like with Trey Young, DeJunte Murray, DeAndre Hannah, John Collins, Clint Capella, Kongwu, Bogdan, like they're a definite East smoky. But the East is pretty weird and wonky and wild, right? So it seems like a lot to give up for not a huge jump. But if they somehow turn this all into Kevin Durant, I'm in. But for now, it's a bit of a yikesburg. And uh, Minnesota, same vibe, right? Like, I like the idea of go better in a vacuum. Go, fuck it. We need our defense to get better. Let's get a defensive player of the year who just turned 30. The track record of big men over the age of 30 <laughs> isn't great, but he is a specimen, is Rudy. Uh I just still hate that price. Like, it's just so much. I'm fascinated by the fit, but on balance at that price range, it's going to be a loser for me, Bob. Uh, so Minnesota, look, I love the slow-mo Kyle Anderson move. They get Torin back. It's just that's a big, big, big. It's just too much. Too many picks. Jesus. Six picks. What are you doing? Uh, Washington, radical. You gave Brad Beal a quarter of a billion dollars. I'm just going to check. Uh, how far has Brad Beal taken you before Washington? That's right, fucking nowhere. So, yeah, awesome. Great job. You're losers there. He's definitely asking out in December, isn't he? Uh, the Suns. Oh, Jimmy. That's a bit of a bit of a dump on. Yeah, but... So they've signed Josh Okogie. They've traded for our man Jock Lander. Big cock Jock. Doesn't it feel that if the Suns had a different owner, one that isn't currently under investigation for uh, shitty <laughs> alleged... Shitty workplace stuff. Uh, we're waiting for that hammer to drop. I'm surprised it didn't drop this weekend, actually. You know, around 4th of July, everyone's away. But at the same time, this is a, you know, a news frenzy time for the NBA. So watch out for the mid-August dump um, when it comes to Robert Sava. But also, like, if they had have been owned by somebody else, like DeAndre Ayton would have been paid a year ago and we wouldn't be having, like, the DeAndre Ayton sort of staring competition at the same time, though, if he had been signed a year ago, maybe he wouldn't be in wanting out and being a very obvious candidate for being in a Kevin Durant trade. So the thing about with the Suns and why they feel like losers here is that it, they've been tabbed as, like, the KD leader. And we'll get to the five KD trades in just a sec. But I'm sure it's a great idea. Like, Booker and KD, cool. Chris Paul, rad. How long does it buy you, though, really? You know? Indy, that's all you got for Brogdon? I mean, you got a first, you got Naismith, but that first is going to suck, and it's hard not to feel like they could have gotten a little bit more. Uh, Golden State, I'm just a little bit meh. I don't mind the Dante Don, DiVincenzo pickup. They keep learning, but losing Gary Payton the second, Juan Toscano Anderson, Otto Porter. Look, they're always going to be able to get other dudes who want to come and ring chase, but it's not balance. It's a bit to lose. That's the problem is, you know, with Golden State, you fly that close to the sun. You spend that much money, any move that you make is going to cost you a fucking fortune. So Golden State are always going to lose some dudes. That's what happens when you win a title. Your price tag goes up. So way to go, Gary Payton the second JTA and uh, Otto Porter for getting paid, though. Uh, Utah fans are losers because, like, you now know what it likes to be a fan of a team that, you know, runs on the whims of Danny Ainge. Like, if he doesn't see the contender, he's burning it down. I do wonder if Donnie Mitchell is going to be the, uh, what, 2004 to 2007 Paul Pierce like your lodestone star that Danny Ainge just sort of keeps around and builds around. But I don't know. 
going to be an interesting ride for Utah fans. And same with Spurs fans. They're also losers because it's going to be rough for a bit, I reckon. Look, at least it does seem like the direction is, fuck it, we're, tr- we're tanking. We'll go get our next Tim Duncan next season with Victor Wimbanyama, and then it'll all be worth it. But, you know, good job. Uh, the Lakers, I kind of feel like they're off-season losers. I don't – look, everybody seems to be down on Lonnie Walker. I don't get that at all. I think he's, like, fun fit next to uh, LeBron and AD and co. And it just sort of tells you how little other folks pay attention to the Spurs. Um, but for the Lakers, it feels like signing almost exclusively clutch clients is fluck- just – Hilarious, right? Like, is Rob Polinka just passing notes from Rich Paul now? Like, like, oh, we need to sign this guy, Jeannie. Okay, cool. <laughs> Jesus, Lakers. Are the losers the designated rookie max extension guy rule when you can't trade for two of them? I understand that this was designed to keep dudes in uh, the cities, teams, places that uh, drafted them. We can't have two of them, but now we're getting to the first real time where dudes who have gotten that rookie max have hit a point where they're up for trade and it actually feels natural. Like Bam can't be traded in like a Kevin Durant trade. Simmons, Donnie Mitchell, Fox, Darren Fox, Trey Young, Jam and Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Shy Reddy, Gilgis Alexander, Carl Anthony Towns. Like these dudes are be actually, uh, you know, in superstar trades, but some teams are going to be stymied by the fact that they've already got one and they can't trade for another. It's pretty weird. That's a bit of a loser rule at the moment. Uh, DeAndre Ayton, he's a bit of a loser, obviously, from free agency, unless he gets a bag from Brooklyn in a KD sign and trade or Indy throw a fucking bag at him just to really fuck up Phoenix, which would be hilarious. He is definitely like the kid who got left at the bus station, isn't he? Poor DeAndre. And now the obvious ones, the Nets. The Nets, the Nets, the Nets. Uh, You try to run your team like a basketball franchise... And apparently you alienate Kyrie and KD. Uh, (laughs) It all just comes burning down like that quickly. It's hilarious. My favorite thing is like they go, well, Kyrie, we just want to look, we want to run our team like a basketball franchise. We want to have a couple of options when it comes to your contract. He's like, fuck you. And Kevin Durant's like, yeah, I'm going to go with this guy. who just wasted a year of my fucking career last year because he's a prick. What a moron. Uh, But they've also just, the Nets have had a three-year stretch where they've been in the news seemingly the entire time for all the wrong reasons. They get the hardened trade done eventually. That all falls apart. They get Simmons. He never plays. Kyrie cracks the shits. He's been a fucking lunatic the entire time. Now it's all gone to shit. I was, however, flip side, very tempted to have the Nets as winners. Why is that, Jimmy? Well, because now you can trade KD and Kyrie, stop dealing with their prima donna bullshit, and just build around Ben Simmons and his prima donna bullshit. But at least it's more of a blank slate, you know? Sean Marks, he's a free agency loser. That dude just gets paid to deal with pains in the ass, doesn't he? Jesus. Hired to fix all of Billy King's bullshit. Has it all hijacked by KD and Kyrie. His hand-packed coach, he has to fire him because KD and Kyrie fucking cracked the sads about Kenny Atkinson benching DeAndre Jordan and wanting to play Jared Allen. Because apparently Katie and Kyrie don't have fucking eyes and couldn't see that DJ was cooked four years ago. And uh, Sean Marks is now fucking getting submarined by the second coming of Gandhi and Kyrie. And now might have to, you know, trade Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving and build around Ben Simmons. That dude must be getting no sleep. Anyway, and the last one, Kevin Durant. He's my free agency loser so far. It's great for him to be uh, talked about, I guess. You know? 
Oh, my key ratings through the fucking roof, mate. But it's hard not to think that his reputation takes another big hit out of this shit show, doesn't it? Like, you've had run of the place for three years. It's like, oh, I've been sure Marks didn't give Kyrie four years. It's like, Kevin, would you? That dude just wasted your entire last year, left you, hung you out to fucking dry, and you're like, nah, man, he should have done what Kyrie said. Shut up, Kevin. Fucking hell, man. He's had the run of the place for three years, and it's always somebody else's fault, isn't it? Uh, I mean, aside from LeBron, hasn't been a bigger, grasses, greener superstar in the last 30 years, but without the bringing a title to the new places that he goes to that LeBron has done. So, because you think about it, LeBron goes, right, fuck it, I'm leaving Cleveland, and uh, Cleveland goes to Miami, wins titles, comes back to Cleveland, Cleveland, wins the title, goes to LA, leaves Cleveland, Cleveland, wins the title. KD gloms onto a 73-win super team, wins two fake titles, and uh, <laughs> it goes to Brooklyn, cracks the sads. I mean, anyway, they've done everything he's asked. Then they try to protect themselves from Kyrie being literally the flightiest star in the NBA. And I use star pretty loosely when I talk about Kyrie these days because, cool, he can drop 50 on Orlando if you want him to. He can go out, dribble, look pretty gnarly. But also, last time he played fucking defense was in 2017. So I'm just saying. Um, but really... They're just trying to protect themselves from like Kyrie being wildly flighty and try to limit the years in which he could fuck him over. And KD goes, nah, you screwed my guy over. I'm out. Go the fuck up, Kevin. Right. With that in mind, let's do a quick uh, unpopular opinion of the day with some Kevin Durant trades. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Uh, these are the five I just sort of threw together. Uh, we might go back over these in depth later in the week because I just need to get out of this show very quickly today. Go look after the little bloke again. Uh, but five trades, right off the top of their head, it was Phoenix, Toronto, Philly, Portland, and Washington. Phoenix, for Kevin Durant. Give me Michael Bridges, DeAndre Ayton, maybe Cam Johnson. If you're not going to give me Cam Johnson, I'm going to need three firsts. So I'm going to need your 2023, 25, and 27. And if you want to give me Cam Johnson, I'll take uh, just 25 and 27 then, thanks. Maybe a pick swap in 23. We'll see how we go. What do you reckon? Kevin Durant, Michael Bridges... DeAndre Ayton, maybe Cam Johnson, or three firsts, and a swap. Thank you. Call it in. Toronto. That's right. Uh, Sean Mark should only do a trade with Masai Ujiri if he's getting Scotty Barnes. With all due respect to uh, all the Raptors fans, you can't look at that roster and go, well, Scotty's untouchable. It's Kevin Durant. He's under contract for four years. He's not your man, Kawhi. Yeah. <laughs> A.K.A. the greatest rental since, uh, I don't know, the Turtles game on uh, Super, on the original Nintendo. Um, Scotty Barnes, Siakam, a first and a swap. That feels fair. Let's go. What do you reckon? Because I'm not doing a deal if I don't get Scotty Barnes, if I'm on uh, the Nets. Because you need that. In any deal that you're going to get, you're going to need a young dude that you can put next to Ben Simmons that can run and gun with him, you know? And Scotty Barnes and Ben Simmons, it might feel like there's a bit of a lack of shooting and you'd be right, but you can work around it. I'm just saying. But uh, Scotty B. Siakam, a 24 first and maybe a 26 swap. Otherwise, no deal. Philly! Give me Maxi, Tobias Harrison, Aussie Matty T. Your 2026 first from Philly. And a 2028 top five protected. And maybe a swap in there as well. Maxi's a young dude. Matty T's a run and gun dude. I'm going to need at least two firsts in there from Philly as well. But then, you know, Philly get to pair Embiid, KD, and Harden together, and away they go. They'll feel good about that. I don't mind that. 
So Maxi, Tobias Harris, Matty T, a 26 first, a 28 top five protected first, and maybe swaps in 25 and 27 as well if I'm feeling fancy. Sure, Marks wants a big haul. That'd be a bigger haul. Yeah, I feel like I need those swaps as well if I'm getting that Philly deal, isn't it? Yep. 25 and 27, 26 first, 28 top five protected. Boom. That's four, two picks and ostensible two swaps. Maxi Harris and Matty T. Oh, it doesn't even feel enough, does it? Portland, Anthony Simons. You can't trade him until, uh, you know, December. Shade and Sharp. Jeremy Grant, 25, 27 first and 26 pick swap. What do you reckon? Pair Dame and KD together. No Simons. You'll take Sharp. You'll take Jeremy Grant. It sort of gives you enough there, I think, if you're uh, the Nets. A couple of young dudes. Another proven dude to put next to uh, Simo. Replenish your picks, and away you go. Washington. I'm going to have to take Johnny Davis off your hand. You picked this year. Kyle Kuzma, Corey Kispert, Danny Avdijer as well, and Tom Thomas, not Kobe Bryant, to make the uh, salaries work, as well as your first round is in 25 and 27 and a 26 pick swap. Boom. Call it in. KD can go home, play in Washington next to Brad Beal, and do nothing. I love it. Uh, bonus one, Atlanta. You've got DeJunte. Why not go all the way fucking in? Give me uh, Durant and Joe Harris. Off to Atlanta. I'll take John Collins, Clint Capella, and Bogdan, as well as uh, what are the two picks that Atlanta have still got, 23 and 29 first-rounders. So <laughs> that's hilarious. And what are the swaps that San Antonio don't have? There you go. Love it. All right. Uh, sweet. Some five pretty fun ones. Uh, and that'll be it, I think, for today. I think uh, we'll do some more Kevin Durant stuff <clears throat> before we get into, uh, I don't know, we'll do another show later this week to sort of keep wrapping up the free agency moves. No doubt once um, the moratorium gets lifted July 6th, and that's when you can sort of really tie up cap space and really stop people from doing shit. Maybe more stuff will happen then. Uh, but, I mean, at the moment, sort of quick, yeah, nah, does Brooklyn hold all the cards with the Kevin Durant trade? Yeah, nah, yeah. So they don't have to pull one off now. And I think it'd be very smart if they waited. I'll get to that in a second. Uh, do you trust the Brooklyn front office with the Kevin Durant trade? Yeah, nah, to a degree. Yeah. But they got a fair haul for uh, Harden. They've done some good stuff to go get Harden in the first place, though. They feel like it gave up a little bit too much. I don't know. Will this haul, though, for a Kevin Durant trade be a record setter? Yeah, nah. Ugh. Can you see another team doing what Rudy, what Minnesota did to go get Rudy Gobert? That's just so many picks. I don't know if another team would look at that and go, yeah, we could do more. Which is weird to think about, right? Rudy Gobert fetching more than Kevin Durant. Bit of a strange one. Uh, I don't know. I'd hold on to Kevin Durant as long as possible. Let all the hysteria die down. And like, what's the rush? Oh, the, he asked for a trade. Yeah, so did Kobe. Wait him out. Talk him off the ledge. See what else you can build around the edges. Trade Kyrie. Get him the fuck out of there. Even though, oh, but oh, they... they they didn't do what I wanted with Kevin, uh, with Kyrie. It's like, all right, Kevin, what else do you want us to do that isn't fucking guaranteeing Kyrie Irving? A dude who just goes, oh, it's my birthday. I've got to fuck off for two weeks. See you. Oh, I don't think I'll play this year. I don't want to get that vaccine like everybody else. Oh, but I'm all about my team. Good job. Um, I don't know. I find it fascinating that, you know, Charles Barkley called out Kevin Durant for being a bus rider, not a bus driver, and... Kind of feels like this might be a bit of the uh, proof in the pudding, you know? <laughs> All right, a very, very brief Patty Mills game day ball, game day Twitter check-in. 
Uh, this is just the Rock'em, Sock'em, Block'em, Jock'em, Lock'em, Crock'em, Landale saga, which I've uh, very much appreciated. Uh, because, I don't know, Jock is out there crushing it, doing some good shit. Uh, I also enjoy Jingles just posting a bunch of uh, shit on his uh, stuff about, uh, you know, hanging out with the uh, rest of the boomers and whatnot, which is always fun. But Jock, he has... He posted, like, the really awesome, you know, San Antonio photo. Thank you, San Antonio. He's got some pics of the dog and the missus hanging out in San Antonio. He's in the gym. But uh, the best one was, you know, the San Antonio thank you note that he wrote. Thank you, Spurs. We'll be forever grateful for my first opportunity in the NBA. Excited for what's next. Side note, this is doing great things for my jersey collection. Guess what? It's only getting better. <laughs> there you go. All right. Uh, that's it for today. So we'll be back later this week. I'm not sure when, uh, just due to squid duties. So probably Thursday would be my guess. Uh, might try to maybe we'll throw in a late show on Wednesday night or something. Uh, so just keep your eyes out for a pop-up. Uh, but just wanted to get this show done and sort of get through all the weekend deals before I go back to uh, making sure that the squid's all right and his cough's not getting too bad as he watches another fucking Paw Patrol movie. Jesus. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I've watched some Octonauts. In the last four days. Oh, Lord. Anyway, uh, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed that one. It was a bit of a fun one, a bit of a fly-through, but either way, plenty of stuff in there for you. Uh, so make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey IGs, roll the socials, get around NFL Australia with myself and Gaz, cranking that up soon. World Wrestling Australia with Adam, that's over on YouTube. Uh, buy some merch on nbaaustralia.com slash shop or just through the socials, help a brother out. And uh, check us a rating and review on your podcast app, especially on iTunes and shit like that. Come on. I don't have a marketing budget. Help a brother out, would you? Go on. Just go do a rate and review. Uh, that's it from Oslo. They're the band behind the intro and outro so show. They rule. Also, thanks to Joshua De Laurentiis, Fascinated Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa Sex, Should I Green, 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 and Dozers for the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them on Bandcamp, Triple J, and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. Remember, NBA Australia supports Australian bands, so should you. We'll close out today's show with a really, really quick deli review, and we will catch you later this week, you dickheads, for some more free agency goodness. Maybe a big Kevin Durant trade. If something big goes down, we're going to jump on. Don't you worry about that. All right, we'll catch you then, dickheads. This is NBA Australia say, look after yourselves, would you? And later, Hosen. How the fuck are you? It's your mate Deli over here just swinging by for me usual sort of pop culture pop-in review for NBA Australia, innit? And I've got to tell you, I've had a pretty bloody good week. We uh, came out, hanging out in Melbourne, hanging out with the other boomers boys and shit, shooting around, shooting the shit, sinking tins, smashing cunts. Like, fucking, we smashed China, we smashed Japan, it's fucking sick ass, had a good time. My shot's going in, feeling pretty good. Just waiting for that NBA call up again, you know. I'm always ready, stay ready. That's a daily fucking way, eh? So, yeah. Nobody could, but, yeah. I just enjoyed showing all the other boys, all the boomers, like all of Melbourne's sights and shit, like, you know, just smashing all the bars, going to Cherry, going to Heartbreaker, all the cool bars that I like going to. And, like, that one that's on the middle of the yard and shit. It's like, we just went down there after the fucking game one day, just took them all down there, me and Chris O'Golding, like, he just popped in. Turns out he's a pretty good commentator, eh? Did you hear him? All I heard was him, like, yelling, fucking shoot it, dickhead, shoot it. 
when he was commentating. I'm like, oh, why is that commentator yelling at me to shoot it? Fucking turns out my mate Golding. Anyway, uh, so yeah, really quick brief one for you today. So the squid, I'm a little bloke. He's uh, just been hanging out at home and he finally made me watch that Paw Patrol movie. So I'm going to tell you what, Paw Patrol movie, yeah, look, it's got a bit of ups and downs, good, nice, you know, kind of like story to it. I'm not going to give you any spoilers or nothing because, like, you might get it spoiled. But, you know, it's got a nice heart to it, and that's what I'm all about here, you know, fucking heart. So I have to give the Paw Patrol movie about 14 out of 10 Deli Ones because I'll tell you what, I've seen a lot worse. It's not that bad, so there you go. All right, until next time, this has been Deli. Enjoy the old Paw Patrol movies, and I'll talk to you next time. Later, fuckers, Deli out.